everybody's so stuck on stock investing where you just buy and wait for it to go up. Timing the market is incredibly difficult. It's a lot of luck and investing shouldn't require luck. We don't believe in gambling. We believe in investing. It's slower, but it works. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Welcome back, Heather. Oh, so good to be in walls and not, you know, a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Heather went all over um, Colorado and it was really pretty. I saw tons of pictures. Oh yeah. Some videos. It was really good. I was like, Ron, you should get a house here. (laughs) Like, no, it's cold. So I, so Heather and I would trade pictures. I would send her a picture from the dock. Uh, of the sunset and Heather would send me waterfalls. Um, so anyway, we had a good time. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Chasing waterfalls. That's what I did. I actually did mostly hikes to waterfalls and coming home though, man, all my kids, you just don't realize um, the value of a floor to play on my six-year-old. That's all he talked about was, I just want to like have space to play when he was four. That was the hardest adjustment for him that I didn't think about was just a carpeted room. He puts out his toys, you know, and we don't have that when we're in the, in the RV. So he just came home and just like laid on the floor and played with toys for like a full day. <laughs> full day of peace uh, right. in the house there. That's right. um, well, let's talk about the real estate market. We've been doing that quite a bit lately, but we're going to take a little different angle today. And um, I think we've, we've, we've mentioned some of this, but I'm, Heather and I wanted to talk about a little bit of history and some of uh, what's going on now and then end with a little bit of why and why now, right? I think that, and we have said multiple times, Heather, that we don't really know what's going to happen here. No. Nope. Um, I think it's becoming increasingly clearer that some humongous, tragic downturn in the real estate market is probably less probable than, you know, just some, a normalizing of the real estate market. Yeah. That said, this is going to be very localized folks. This is going to be very localized. So you need to understand what's going on in your market and any other market where you might be buying properties, because this isn't going to be like, you can listen to the national news and understand what's going on. That's not how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd give just a few, for instance, type of things. So we talked about the home affordability monitor. I think we've even posted the link. We'll do it again today. The Atlanta Fed has a home affordability, home ownership affordability monitor. And that's that's a big, that's a big chunk of work. It's a mouthful. That's true. (laughs) They've been tracking this since 2006. So there's some pretty good history in here. And if you know how these charts work, you can imagine 100 is the mean line, right? So that's normal stasis, I guess, right? Anything above 100 is affordable, which is a little counterintuitive, but yeah, anything above 100 is affordable. Anything below 100 is unaffordable. And the further you go in either direction, the more unaffordable or the more affordable you get. Okay. 
So if you can imagine this in your mind, there's a bar chart and the bars are going up above the line and down below the line and the line stays constant at 100, okay? So back in 2006, which is, was kind of like the first signs that there was going to be some problems, home affordability was actually down at like 71 at the low, which I mean, that's 30 points basically under 100. So that, that's pretty unaffordable. Things started to get more affordable because of all of these crazy loan products. So if you actually track 2007, things were getting more affordable because this takes into consideration interest rates. It's basically payment, right? How affordable is the payment? Well, they started doing all these psycho loans. Yeah. And so things started to get more affordable. There was a lot more volume that was being sold and prices continued to go up, but things got more affordable, which is nuts. That's not the way it's supposed to happen. But they did all these crazy loans, like I said, and people were using these crazy loans to buy properties and then everything fell apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. When everything fell apart, things kind of went back to normal and then they got really affordable because the banks started dumping properties. So really, really affordable for years and really didn't start to get unaffordable until about 2018. And then interest rates dropped, or excuse me, and then interest rates went up, if you'll recall, and it got a little bit unaffordable, went down to like 94. So I mean, not, not a big deal, but y'all remember like, in, I remember because I re refinanced an apartment building at like 4.59% when interest rates were way below that. Interest rates were on the, on the rise in 2018. Then interest rates went back down. Like they lowered interest rates again and everything got crazy affordable. They went above the mean line again, right? So at its peak, we were at like 112. That was like the most affordable that we got, okay? Now, the median home price at that time was $197,000, okay? Wow. Yeah, right? Fast forward to today. So in basically in, I don't know, sometime mid- um, 2021, like everybody started buying houses. There weren't any houses. Prices started to go crazy. Um, at the beginning of 2021, like first quarter into first quarter, the median home price was 303,000, but interest rates were still at 3.1%. So still pretty affordable. Yeah. In spite of the fact that it had gone up a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Now fast forward again, to February of this year when interest rates were 3.8% and home prices had gone up another 40 grand. So now we're at $343,000 for median price of a home. That happened in a year, okay? Wow. So that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. But then what happens? In the second quarter, they start to raise interest rates and not a little bit, a lot. So now interest rates are up to 4.7%. Home price is 350 and we are at 78 on the home affordability index. Okay. Now I just want to remind everybody the least affordable we got before when everything crashed, when everything was unaffordable, people can't afford the houses anymore, and they started doing psychotic loans was 71. Hmm. Okay. So in March, we are at 78 with a $350,000 median price of a home and a 4.7% interest rate. So that this is how important interest rates are to, to the affordability of homes, okay? 
Fast forward to June. Okay, June is the last time that they've reported. So they'll update this at some point. We'll get July's numbers. Interest rates are now 5.7 and home prices are 381. And the oh. home affordability number is 67. So now we are below the least affordable point since 2006. This is the lowest it's been ever since 2006. Now, that says a few things, right? Home prices are, they still went up during this whole time because mm -hmm. people are trying to, ch to chase down and they're trying to get the interest rates where the interest rates continue to go up. But the other thing is, I haven't seen the market change in very many markets to the point where it has become a buyer's market. And we're, we're now mid-August, right? So there's not enough properties and that still is a problem. Mm -hmm. In spite of the fact that they've raised interest rates to slow everything down. And of course, it has slowed things down, but it hasn't made prices crash yet. Yeah. Now, I think what I've seen is mostly like we talked about before that top tier, you know, of homes. Yep. And yeah. that so skews the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. It really does. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing well, everything I've talked about up to this point has been national. So, Heather, we were talking about this before. Real estate is local. Mm hmm. Not national. So, so much. <laughs> so Charleston, where I live, if you actually just look up Charleston in the whole area, this includes um, like the beaches and everything. And you actually, and it goes inland quite a bit. The home affordability is at 81, which is not bad. Yeah. But if you actually look at Charleston County, which is basically just the beaches, downtown Charleston, and some of the islands. It's at 53. Oh, wow. At 53. And that is because all of those really, really pricey homes with a 5.7% interest rate, mm -hmm. are, they're not, it's, it's not affordable. Mm -hmm. It's not affordable, right? Now, it's really cool. This We'll post the link, but you can click on the Metro County Affordability, and that's where you can see all of this stuff. That's what I keep trying to tell people is like, look, not everywhere in the country is so unaffordable, mm -hmm. right? So should you buy a rental property in Charleston County right now? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, probably not, right? Let's talk about Kansas City. I literally just got back yesterday from Kansas City when I was doing due diligence on a property in Kansas City that I had put under contract there. Kansas City, the metro area of Kansas City is at 84. Hmm. Not, it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Nothing wrong there. In addition to that, rents are still going up. So, and if I actually, like, if I am hover over all of these counties, um, the county where we bought that where I'm, I'm purchasing this property is 104. It's still very affordable. 104? 104. Wow. Yep. 88, 84, 92. 87. So all around Kansas City, affordable. Mm -hmm. Not bad at all, even with 5.7% interest rates. Okay. So people can still buy houses. People can still afford the rents. And because there's a contraction of inventory, we are likely to see that the, the prices stabilize on sales and continue to go up at a normal pace, which mm -hmm. in Kansas City is like two to 4%. Pretty boring. And rents are going to continue to go up. Yeah. That's what's going to happen there. Now, why do we bring all of that up? 
Heather, we have some history from the last time, which we actually experienced in person, yeah. up close and in person. And in Kansas City. And, and in Boise, Idaho, yeah. which is one of the, again, one of the most, one of the least affordable places in the country. So Boise right now, the two counties there around Boise, one is at 58 and the other one is at 60. Wow. Really unaffordable. Yeah. It's, it's really unaffordable there, right? So again, let's rewind the tape, Heather. What We've talked about this several, several different times, but what happened in Boise last time? Well, we had an amazing like flood of inventory when prices came down in 2008 to 2000, almost 2012, actually. I remember we still had property there in 2012. They were brand new and builders had like walked away from projects. And so other builders scooped them up and finished the projects. It was hit hard and one of the hardest hit in the country from what I remember. Yep. And little old Boise, you know, pretty much right after that, because they had a really good underlying economy mm -hmm. took off Yep, and they just continued to steadily climb. And that's what happens in these high, these crazy markets like Boise, California, and, you know, Phoenix has happened again. And then you get the Midwest. It was just boring. It doesn't really go nuts. It just mm -hmm. is boring. Right. Yeah. But it's really good cash flow. And so what happened last time is we just encouraged people to cash out and move their money. So all of the money that they made, let's cash it out, move it somewhere where it's safe, hold the money, increase your cash flow. And then if you want to, wait for it to like completely fall apart again. I'm not convinced Boise is going to completely fall apart this time. Like not right now. In spite of the fact that it's very, very unaffordable. Prices have began to drop there and you know sales are down, but I'm not sure it's going to do the same thing it did last time. We may not yeah. see that same thing, but moving into moving your money where it can get a solid return for cash flow into the Midwest and taking your chips off the table while prices are high, that's a good idea. Yeah. Good idea. I had a neighbor talk to me yesterday that she wanted to buy a vacation rental. They've been talking to me about rentals for a couple months, and I am definitely not aggressive with my friends and family. I'm actually probably the opposite. And I just, you know, share information and that's it. So she had said to me yesterday, though, she said, man, I've just started thinking through this, Heather, and really thinking that if I'm in the Midwest, it's I can get more affordable housing than going to a vacation area here in Southern Utah and getting a home that's three times the cost of getting a home in the Midwest. And I said, yep. <laughs> and I said, I'm happy to chat with you guys and tell you what we've done and go through it with you anytime. So there's something about just thinking outside the box that way a little bit. I also, this all was yesterday. It was a crazy day yesterday. I had all these family and friends reaching out to me about rental property yesterday. And I talked to a friend of my husband's who's from Kansas and you should have seen his eyes light up when I said that we are actually in his neck of the woods and buying properties and ourselves personally owning properties there. And he, I mean, I said, I'm sorry, I could talk about this for hours. So you just tell me when you're bored. <laughs> and he was like, oh man, this is so exciting. So I feel like <laughs> everyone sees the power of real estate right now with prices having gone up and that's exciting, but being in the right markets where you're not where you're affordable. It's like a game changer. 
you know? So it really is. And, you know, we experienced this last time too. We couldn't get anybody to buy anything when it was so low because everybody looks at investments, buy low, sell high. There's so much more to investing than that, that people lose sight of. And that is, you know, at least with real estate, they're really so stuck on stock investing and mutual fund investing, where you just buy and wait for it to go up. And then you hope you can live off of it later on down the road. That's not how real estate works. Yes. It would be it would be awesome if you timed the market perfectly and you wrote it all the way up and you cashed mm -hmm. out and you went and got a whole bunch of properties. But you can buy all along that timeline because there's other returns, yeah, that are quite good, and they happen all the time while the property's going up or down. It doesn't make any difference, and that's why this thing works over and over and over again. And it doesn't really matter which part of the cycle mm -hmm. that you're buying it timing a more timing the market is is incredibly difficult it's a lot of luck and investing shouldn't require luck that is mm -hmm. called gambling we don't believe in gambling we believe in investing right solid fundamentals and then it just works mm -hmm. it's slower it takes a little more time but it works yeah odds that you lose money go down dramatically when you don't gamble. And with the market softening, what we've promised or committed, I guess promised would be an overst overstatement, but committed to is trying to help our clients as best to the best of our ability to let them know when it's time to sell. So if anything, in the last couple months, I've been doing tons of research on properties that our clients already closed on to say, hey, it may be time, you know, just take a look at it and know your options. And yep. we've been doing that. I mean, I've been doing that the last couple of weeks with my personal clients I helped over the last 10 years and saying, hey, take a look at this. If you want to keep it, great, right? It's still cash flowing. Things are going well. Great. <laughs> I've had a lot of clients say, ah, it's one of my best properties. Even though I have tons of equity, I don't want to mess with it right now. I'm like, no problem. At least I, you know what your options are. So reach out to and us. My gosh, you don't want to be one of the people who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally, my wife and I were just on a walk this morning, walking through our new neighborhood, right? We were meeting new neighbors, met one of our new neighbors today, super awesome, nice guy. I mean, he was talking about the houses that had sold and he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much they paid for that. They're going to lose so much money. And I, like, <laughs> I just kind of chuckled because he was, he had the opportunity to buy one of the properties down the street when it was on foreclosure for like $400,000. Oh. and he was like, yeah, but it, it just wasn't worth any more than that. And I'm thinking this is a classic, classic example of somebody who had been in a neighborhood like 15 years, the neighborhood and the prices had passed them by and they have no idea what is going on hmm. because there are properties all over the neighborhood who have, which have recently sold for between one and two and a half million and he thinks everybody overpaid. And the reality of the situation is if you just go next door to the neighborhood next door where they're building new homes, they're two to three and a half million and they're smaller. Yeah. Oh, um, Ron, that's, that's I, so I just, good. It just, I, I sat there and I'm, it was one of those times where, I mean, I just met the guy, so I'm not going to insert myself and go, dude, <laughs> your house is probably worth, you know, a million bucks. Don't you know? Because no, he doesn't know. 
And, you know, there'll be time down the road for that. But a super nice guy, but doesn't know what's happening in the real estate mm -hmm. market. Um, yeah, and I think that speaks to a lot of, you know, investors right now, not necessarily our clients, because I feel like we spend a lot of time helping un them understand what's happening. But if you don't know what's happening and you're not paying attention, you're going to freeze right now mm -hmm. and not do anything because that same, that was a great example of it because that same idea of like, well, I've been buying property the last 10 years and this is way low rate of return. And so, you know, everyone's overpaying, right? Like instead of really yeah. understanding what's happening. Everyone's overpaying. So instead of getting an 8% return <laughs> on cash plus 4% for your principal reduction and some tax benefits that are probably all going to equal somewhere around 15%. Instead of doing that, we should probably put all of our money in the bank and lose 15 yeah. to 18% on it while being paid 0.01%. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And that's nothing to say that if you buy in the right area, the rents are probably going up mm -hmm. still. Now, there's a lot of areas where I think rents are going to do the same things that, that house prices are going to do. They're going to flatten out. There's a lot of places that that's not going to happen. There's not enough properties. Yeah. And people are paying more for rent. For instance, we were looking at some properties. I just got back. We were looking at some properties. The guy that we ha had these properties, these, the, it's a multifamily deal. He's an old guy. He's been managing them himself. Mm. Rents are anywhere from 375 to 800 on basically the same units. What? All over the map. <laughs> All over the map. And, you know, some of these tenants have been there for 25 years. He's owned the properties for over 30. Oh, boy. Now, just to give you kind of an idea, actual rents on these units is over $1,000 everywhere else around him. And this hit him square in the face because he has a couple of vacancies. We were in the vacant units. We were talking to him. And he said, yeah, I had some people stop by the other day and they were picking up some appliances or whatever he was trying to get rid of. And he was like, they were going, wait a second, the rent is how much? Huh? We're paying over $1,000. It's nowhere near this nice. So his mind, his, you know, the light bulb finally went off and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm probably way under rent. Not way, like $600 under rent. That's is, insane. And on the one that's $375, like he's probably $800 hundred dollars under rent how so, many units how many units i think there was only 12. okay it was a little deal it was okay a little deal still um, oh wow yeah think about that now for the last decade yeah how much money that is oh my god so i would have said that the rents probably were some just based on my experience in the area I haven't owned anything there for a couple of years. I would have thought the rents were probably eight ninety five, maybe, maybe just under a thousand. Mm. No, because they're going up and they're going up so fast that people can't like even me, I didn't keep track. And the two units that we were standing in, you know, my partner who was there, he was like, dude, these will rent for twelve hundred. And I was like, mm. Are you serious? That's yeah, insane. All, all day long, they'll rent for twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> so I would have rented them probably for, I would have tried really hard to get a thousand and I would have been yeah. 200 under. And that's mm -hmm. because rents are going up so fast. So understand what's happening in the market. If you don't understand what's happening in the market, find out what's happening. And if in your market where you are, things aren't working so hot, get out of there and go somewhere else where it is.
Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated to do that. We should post that affordability index thing in the show notes because you can look at the nationwide and then you can look at those metros like you were talking about, Ron. There's tabs at the top, if I'm picturing it right. I don't have it in front of me right now. But the tabs across the top is how you can go through to metros because you can go in and look at your where you live and where you're investing and where you have been investing and see where it's at because it is so local. Yeah. And we looked at all of our areas where we're selling and they're all pretty affordable. Yeah. And that is specifically why you can't just paint this big broad brush over the country like the news media seems to want to do. That's not the way this works. Mm -hmm. And since there's so many other levers than just price and interest rate, you've got to look at all of the different pieces to this and then go where it makes sense and just keep buying where it makes sense. When the market gives you a gift like it did for us in 2010, 11, 12 in Boise, you go gobble all that stuff up, but you don't wait for the gift because we don't know when it's coming, right? I I don't know when the market is going to fall apart. Sure doesn't seem like it's going to fall apart right now. Agreed. Uh, that, that might change first of the year. Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do with interest rates. If they raise them a ton more, you know, that could certainly affect things. But I think it's just going to slow things down. I don't know that it's going to completely annihilate the, the market. Yeah. Because we just I don't agree. have enough houses. Another thing I th- thought of too is I haven't told you this yet, but I'm going to be traveling out to Oklahoma in the next probably couple weeks and looking at an opportunity there. And I think one thing that you that makes this so local too is job growth that I'm looking at, okay, there's a city outside Oklahoma City that is getting tons of jobs. And right now they are busing people in like 45 minutes away to get to, because it's a little bit of a smaller town. And that's why I want to go see it because we are one of our rules is that you're not in a one horse town. You're, you know, you want to have enough jobs to support the units in case that one, you know, one, one employer that's bringing lots of jobs has any upset. Right. And so they are busing people in and they are living far away from their jobs and they're frustrated. And so they're looking at building smaller homes in that area as rentals for these workers and that the city is has been reaching out to the builder we work with there. The city is actually the ones that are the driving force behind this whole thing to say, please help us. Please help us. We have a massive problem. And it's happening all over the place. So even in Kansas City, where I was, which is, a, you know, I mean, where we were is a, inside the metro, right? It's, it's not mm-hmm. like on the outskirts. But there's huge companies opening new plants. And it's growing like crazy. And it's growing because of jobs, Mm -hmm. high paying, good jobs. And we've already talked about the affordability there. Oklahoma City, same thing. But Oklahoma City, like proper, is 90 on the home affordability. It's very affordable there. And if you go to any county on the outskirts of Oklahoma City, Mm -hmm. like Oklahoma County, which is where some of these things are, where they're building, it's over 100 because it's incredibly (laughs) affordable. And the rents are going up, right? So today you jump in on a brand new property, maybe the ROI is eight plus, plus, plus up to 15, but it won't be there for very long. The rents are going up so quickly. It's incredibly affordable. Median home price in Oklahoma City is like 230. 
It's awesome. It's over $100,000 under the median home price. So anyway, I mean, I think that we've flogged this pretty good, but I mean, the, the reality of the situation is that you have to take a whole bunch of things into consideration when you're looking at investments, not just what the news media is telling you. For the most part, they're all idiots who don't know anything about real estate. They're just reading a teleprompter. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> they're <Right>? reading. <laughs> it's Ron Burgundy. They'll read anything that you put in front of them. And so whatever it is that somebody else wrote, the somebody else that wrote it probably doesn't know what they're talking about either. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Last thing I want to say, sorry, I have this has got me a little pumped, but I just pulled this up because I thought it was interesting that affordability is one of our criteria that we've been sharing for years of fundamentals in owning real estate. So affordability is an anchor, right? Um, we also look at economic factors like job growth, commercial development, population growth, cash flow is our unbreakable rule. Mm -hmm. the ability to rent it that it's not an oversaturated market for rentals there's a demand for rentals and a low vacancy rate and then getting your a and b class neighborhoods sometimes c class if the if it's a good deal if it's the deal's right i should say um and reliable property management location low crime rate schools close good schools and which is a lot of the driving force is rents in kansas city is a uh, school district <laughs> so yep. The fundamentals are still the same and that affordability is an anchor that we've just flogged today. <laughs> yep. And they have been the same since Moses was a baby. So yep. they haven't changed. That slide in my presentation that I've been doing since 2007 has never changed. Yeah. It is the same. The only thing that changes is the location and the returns. That's it. Mm -hmm. The general premise of investing in real estate is so simplistic. I don't know why people complicate it so much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so easy. I think people try to figure out, well, it's got to be more complicated than that. No, it actually doesn't. It's, it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Buy it, hold on to it. It goes up in value. You make a ton of money. And in the meantime, you make a ton of money. Yeah. And, and you you get know, sometimes members. you got to fix some crap. <laughs> big deal. And sometimes your tenants move out and leave a mess. Big deal. Over time, it just works. Mm-hmm. And on that lovely note, I love it. Till next week, everybody, get out there, make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.